What's up, everyone? It's Casey Brown. How are we doing out there? It is December freaking 1st, everybody. It is December 1st. And I'm staring at my calendar in front of me that says November on it. So I need to um, switch that or else I will seriously not know what day it is because I rely on my visual calendars so much. I don't know if you're like me in that way, but I seriously do not know like the day I, I like know the day of the week, but like the date. Yeah. Would not know unless it was for my literal visual calendar in front of me. So Anywho, didn't know we were going to go down the visual calendar route, but there we are. So just wanted to do a little check-in before we start this episode. Um, how we doing? December 1st, last month of the year. The years just fly by. They just fly by. Um, don't mind my little congested voice. Um, I feel like... <laughs> I was an alto in high school, like when I was in the chorus, and I feel very alto-ish right now. Um, that's definitely a Caseyism, but I, I'm a little congested, feeling totally fine otherwise. Um, we were, I, I don't know if it came just like a little head cold or what's going on, but I'm feeling good. It's just a matter of my voice literally sounding like just my alto voice. It's, it's, I can get pretty low people. I don't know if you, uh, understand my singing abilities, but I can get pretty low in my alto singing voice. Um, and that's kind of what's coming out right now. So, Hey, this is what true to you chats is all about. We show up here being true to ourselves. Cause I can't make my voice any higher right now. That just would not, would not happen. <laughs> um, anyway, last month of year, um, huh, craziness. I feel like years just fly by. I feel like, especially this year with moving, I feel like I blinked my eyes and all of a sudden Thanksgiving happened and we are 25 days from Christmas. I got one of those countdown to Christmas, like blocks. Um, I've always seen people with them like in their houses and I always just thought they were like so cute but I'm like could I really keep up with it like switching that block every day to make sure that I get the countdown correct and to be honest I think I'm gonna like love it I don't know it's like something to do <laughs> something to look forward to change those blocks around so I got it at Hobby Lobby and it was like six dollars because Hobby Lobby Christmas stuff is always like my go-to for any kind of holiday um uh decor so Especially with moving, I feel like here we are, it's December, holy crap. Um, I'm excited for the new year. I think that I'm, I'm definitely going to do an episode that's going to recap the last year and what I'm looking forward to moving forward into 2022. Isn't that crazy? 2022. Am I right? Yeah, it's 2021. Do you ever do that? Are you like, what is the date? Where am I? Yeah, that's, I do it all the time. I don't even know how old I am sometimes. Um, one time I was in the doctor's office with my mom. This is like, I was in my mid-20s. And we're sitting there and I was filling out paperwork. And I looked at my mom with like, my eyes were so huge. And I looked at her and I said, mom, how old am I? And I remember sitting there and staring at the piece of paper that needed me to write on it how old I was. How many years old are you? And I stared at it and I kept thinking to myself, I was like doing math in my head with my fingers. That like mid 20, between 25 and 30, I literally forgot how old I was. And I looked at my mom and I was like, how old am I? And then she kind of laughed, but then also had to count and figure out how old I was. I'm pretty sure I was like 27 at the time. <laughs> but anyways, that was like a hard years figuring out how old I was in my 20s. But now here we are about to be 2022. I'm super excited for the holidays. Now that we live closer to our family, I think it's just going to be fun to be able to go and like see Christmas lights. And I always do gingerbread houses with my niece and nephew. And I think that there's just, it's exciting to have the weekends to be like, oh, I'm going to go and like see my niece and nephew and do those things. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited for those little things. So uh, let me know what you're excited for this holiday season. 
hopefully you've got stuff to look forward to and um you know you can always come back to true to you chats if you're looking for a little uplifting uh story here and there so in today's episode great transition casey brown uh in today's episode this this is part two of the joel interview from a little while ago <laughs> before i moved we split it up into two on purpose um Joel, if you listen to part one, you should go back and listen to part one because it's awesome. But Joel and I talked about a ton of stuff, but and we started to transition into her story about uh, about becoming pregnant, and now she has a daughter. Like it already happened, little baby Sloane. She's freaking adorable. It's funny because I was like, I need to put this part two episode out before she has her baby. Well, then she had her baby and thank God everything was, everything was good. She's the cutest little thing ever. I'm so happy for them. They are like the cutest little family. But now I'm like, you know what? It's not so bad. This episode's coming out after she had her baby because this is a really inspiring story as to how she even got pregnant in the first place. So we're going to touch on in this episode, um, PCOS and her story from getting diagnosed with PCOS into then having a baby. So we are not doctors. I don't know if that's just, you know, if that's going to shock you, but I am, my name is not Dr. Dr. Brown. Um, We have some doctors in our family. There are a couple of Dr. Browns in our family, but I am not one of them. So this is a, uh, PSA that I'm not a doctor. Joelle's not a doctor. We are literally just sharing our experiences through our late twenties, thirties, hormonal stories. Um, and, and the, the route that, that she and I have decided to take on, uh, when it comes to, you know, having a PCP and also having a functional medicine doctor that's going to do, um, extensive blood work and hormone panels and, and things like that, just to get a little bit deeper into what's going on within our bodies. So this isn't that you need to do that. This is just our stories and hopefully it helps one person, right? Um, PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. I had to literally like slow that down to be able to, you know, if you ever like spell banana, like B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yeah. Like I need to do that for like a lot of different words, but polycystic ovarian syndrome. So essentially, um, it's what PCOS is defined by a set of symptoms that are stress induced, um, from inflammation. You could have missing periods, um, dysregulated blood sugar. Um, there are, essentially cysts on your ovaries um, that never fully develop and therefore never let the ovaries, therefore never left the ovaries via ovulation. Um, They're not harmful, uh, but they can, they can cause some hormonal imbalances. So there's a lot um, of symptoms that come with this. So Irregular periods, weight gain, thinning of head hair, excessive body hair, acne. Um, you know, there's there's a couple different things that can go along with it. And I think this isn't an episode to go after anyone that's on birth control or saying that birth control is super evil. It's just everyone has to make their choice for their own bodies. And Joelle and I are very similar in the way that we we got put on birth control when we were very young. So a lot of girls my age, I feel like, you know, oh gosh, how old am I? 32. So at, at 16, I was having horrible menstrual cramps that like left me out of school, like literally couldn't go to school, wasn't so much pain. And so we went to the doctor and they prescribed birth control to help with menstrual cramps. And it, and, but there's so many things that you, you just don't, I didn't educate myself on about birth control or anything like that. I just went on it because I wanted my period cramps to be less. So after 10 years of being on the pill, coming off of the pill, I experienced a lot of hormonal acne. I experienced a lot of gut health issues. I experienced a lot of hormonal imbalances. And that's just my story. Um, so Joelle has a very similar story. And it, again, it's not that birth control 
is the worst thing in the world for you. Again, I'm no, I'm not Dr. Brown, but I'm just saying in my story and in Joelle's story, we have a similarity that, that coming off of the pill, we had a couple things pop up post coming off of the pill. So again, this isn't to scare you or anything. It's just our story. So please keep that in mind when we're talking about these things. Um, it's just our stories and that's what true to you chats all about. We're just being true to ourselves and, and the route that we went on. Um, with that being said, we, we also touch on Joelle's story and a big factor of this was being that there was a lot of stress that she was putting onto her body that can also lead to these, excuse me, hormonal imbalances. So, you know, she's going to talk about all of this, but it's so similar to things that I went through too. It's not just stress from a deadline of something approaching or the stress of fighting with, she says, you know, your BFF or your boyfriend or your significant other. It's not that stress. It's the stress that we put on ourselves, maybe from under sleeping, from under eating, from over exercising, from running around all day like a crazy person and then running five businesses and then doing this and doing that. And it's all of that cumulative stress over time that we put onto our bodies that we don't even realize that we're putting onto our bodies because it's a very normal way for us to live our lives. And that stress over time can also cause hormonal balances and things that, you know, that we can deal with when it comes to um, trying to conceive. So there's a lot in this whole episode. Joelle really breaks it down really awesome. And, and just, again, it's just us, you know, sharing our stories, showing some information that we've gained and, and that's it. And I hope that you can get some inspiration from the story. You could ask some questions from the story. You can, you know, not compare her story to your story, but just learn from each other's stories. And that's what Trudy Chats is all about. So with that, my alto voice is going to say, see you later. And next time I hop on, hopefully I will sound not so congested. <laughs> that's the goal. Um, so yes, I hope you have a great rest of your day. December 1st, let's go. Let's make December awesome. Movement is important. Getting outside, breathing in fresh air. That's what we've been doing. Keita and I, we love our walks every day. And even if it's freezing, I just got a new winter jacket and it's basically a huge blanket that you put on your body and walk your dog in it. So it's great. Um, but just continuing things like that, that make you feel good and connected. And I will be back. I have some guests coming up, which is super exciting. I think I will also be a guest on another podcast, which is super exciting. So again, thank you guys so much for joining in. Make sure to give True To You Chats a follow on Instagram. And also, I will be doing an episode about my name change. How could I forget that that's probably the next episode that's going to happen, which is a perfect transition for the new year. But yes, I am now at Casey Brown on Instagram, K-A-S-E-Y-B-R-O-W-N. I almost forgot how to spell my last name for a second. Casey Brown on Instagram. Uh, my blog's still the same, powercakes.net, and that'll be a whole different podcast, whole different episode, so get ready for that. Here's a little teaser into that story, but make sure you follow Trudy Chat, subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and your support means the world. Have a great day, and I will see you soon. But I'd love to touch on, because this could be a whole nother topic. Like I said, I might split this into two. But so then after your your home, her, hormonal things start popping up, which is something that I also dealt with, like four or five years ago, I started getting hormonal acne all over my face. And I was like, who is this? Like, I've never had this before coming off birth control after 10 years of being on it, because I was told that would help my cramps. And there's so many things. And I was like, all right, I, I really do. I love my PCP. I think she's great. She meets me where I am, but I also was like, I need more extensive blood work. There's something going on. I've had food ish food intolerances or, yeah. you know, just things that didn't make me feel good for a long time, but I never got answers to it. It was just a, 
shot in the dark. Like it could be this, try that. And then I'm freaking frustrated, you know? And so then it hit me, oh, all that stuff I did to myself might not help my case of wanting to have a family one day. Like there are things we never thought of when we were doing what we were doing to ourselves, you know, and how that might set us up down the road. So if you want to, I'd love for you to touch on your journey of now becoming pregnant and you're about to pop in like what, less than a month, like the end of this month. Next month, next month, next month, Um, next month. Yes. The belly looks like I am about to pop, but I have a little bit more time. I I always, in my head, I kept thinking end of August, but it's obviously September. Yeah. End of September. Got it. I'm one Um, month ahead. End of September, hoping that she comes in September and does not like want to stay comfy in there forever and be an October baby. Right. Uh, Simply because I can't, I can't get much larger than I feel right now. (laughs) Um, So hopefully, yeah. In the, in the next six to eight weeks would be like between 30 and Wow. Weeks, weeks so, sounds crazy. Like six to eight weeks. That's yeah, nuts. Wow. And then I'm like, no wonder I'm so stressed. And I like, know. <laughs> um, as I'm trying to get all the business things done and batch content and hand off projects to my VA and my assistant coaches and yeah, crazy. Um, Amazing. But yeah, basically similar to what you described, actually, I, um, I went off of birth control in 2018 with the intent of like, mm, Brant and I are probably going to try to have babies in like another year. So let me go off the pill now, make sure I, you know, like I've, I've heard stories that like, sometimes it takes a few months to get your period back, mm-hmm. you know, very, very naive, really didn't know much about hormones. Um, or have an understanding of like what birth control was doing to me or the impact that it would have or anything like that. Um, so I went off and uh, nothing happened, like literally nothing. I felt no changes, nothing felt different um, in the beginning at least. And there was no period. And um, the things that I thought would change didn't really change. Um, and so after about three months, I went to an OB and said, hey, I still don't have a period. Like I'm not trying to get pregnant, but I still don't have a period. Went off the pill. They did some lab work. They're like, everything looks fine. Everything looks normal. Um, you know, give it, give it six months. If, if, if after six months, you still don't have one come back, we'll do more lab work, whatever. So around six months, um, in, I do go back for more lab work. And this time I have a little bit more symptoms. Um, I've started to gain weight Um, and it's been unexplained weight gain. Um, and I say unexplained because as an avid macro tracker, and I was still tracking macros at the time, I knew exactly how much I was eating and Mm -hmm. I knew what put me in a deficit, what my maintenance calories were, what a being in a surplus was. And I didn't put myself in a surplus. Um, I was still at maintenance calories and I was rapidly gaining weight. And that was like a, whoa something must be happening hormonally. Like I didn't know what, but I knew it had to be something with my hormones. If I'm not eating more and my weight is going up, like something is off. Yeah. So I went to the doctor they ran labs and there really wasn't anything that, that stood out to them. They were like, everything looks normal. Um, you know, everything looks fine. Uh, you know, come back in another few months. So okay, now I'm getting like a little bit worried and a little bit frustrated. Like, is someone not able to figure this out? Like, and I was working with a coach at the time. So we're like, let's try and he's like, let's try and put you in a deficit and like, see what happens, see how your body responds. We try to put me into a deficit. I'm still gaining weight. So we're Mm. like, what the heck is happening? Mm -hmm. So then around the nine month, maybe Mark, I go in, I find a different OB. This is a a different OB each time. I'm like, every time someone doesn't give me an answer I want, I'm like, I'm finding a new doctor. Yes. Yes. So then I went to a new doctor and, um, and she said, she looked at my lab work and she said, can we also do an internal sonogram, you know, transvaginal sonogram? I said, sure. And she did that. And she immediately said you have PCOS mm. like what the heck's PCOS like I didn't yeah. I I had known of it from coaching clients mm. with it but I really didn't know much about it or why or what that meant for me and she said there's you know cysts all over your ovaries and you have missing menstrual cycles and you have weight gain so this is PCOS mm-hmm. and I was like okay so what do I do 
And she said, well, we, the standard protocol for PCOS is to put you on birth control. Mm. And I was like, huh? Yeah. I just, I went, uh, (laughs) I went off birth control so that I could get a period back so that I could get pregnant. And now you're saying I have PCOS and I have to go back on birth control to manage the symptoms, it just didn't make sense to me. I was like, yeah. that, that can't be it. I'm like, what else you got? Right. So you can put you on metformin, which is uh, a blood sugar control medication for diabetics. And mm-hmm. I was like, at the time I was like, I'm 26 years old, 25 or 26 years old. Um, I work out five days a week. I eat well, I take care of myself. I'm walking 15 to 20,000 steps a day. And your solution is diabetes medication. Right. Right. Yeah, it just didn't seem right to me. Yeah. Um, and so I'll never forget. I said to her, is, is there anything else that you recommend? Like either like a non-medicine approach. And it's not that I was anti-medicine. They just, those, neither of those solutions just made sense to me. Right. And I was like, I, I remember saying, is there anything else that I could do? Any, anything that you know about certain foods or certain supplements or anything like that, that could help me, you know, nutrition wise or workout wise. And she looked at me and she said, well, you said, you know, health and fitness, I guess, you know what you're doing. <laughs> if only people could see your face. Right now. face yeah. That I just made. Um, so we'll have to put that in a, in a preview snippet. I'm putting that for sure. <laughs> So long story short, um, I never went back to that doctor. I was not a, not a huge fan of her, but, but now I got this new diagnosis. So obviously, uh, you know, research driven Joelle was like, I'm going to go home and research every freaking thing that I can find about PCOS and hormones, right. and what that means. Um, and luckily I had some other friends in the industry that, you know, really, uh, are very, very privy to, you know, uh, hormone and, and hormonal information and right. PCOS and hypothyroid and all of that stuff. And so I picked their brains and did lots of research and ordered books and all different things. Um, and what I came to find was that all of the symptoms, you know, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, it's a sort of umbrella term, if you will, mm-hmm. for um, a set of symptoms. It, de- it describes a set of symptoms. So symptoms like uh, acne are usually associated with PCOS. Missing menstrual cycles or irregular cycles are usually um, related to PCOS. Um, Low estrogen or progesterone are are related to PCOS. But when we look at each of these symptoms individually, dysregulated blood sugar, high insulin, any of that, when we look at all those symptoms, what do they all have in common? Mm. They're all stress-driven symptoms. Mm. So that was a huge, huge wake up call in terms uh, of, of stress management for me, because we, we always know, oh, stress management, we know stress management is so important. Don't stress, you know, focus on what's in your control. But we forget, I think, collectively as a society, that stress is not just like a deadline at work or like your, your, the fight you're in with your BFF. Stress is also the way you're training, the way you're recovering, the nutrients mm-hmm. you're getting the sleep you're getting, your sleep quality, um, the environment you're in. And so when I kind of reflected, you know, I remember one of my good friends who, who was very much like hormone specialized. I remember him saying to me, like, I'm not surprised, Joelle, like you're super stressed. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm not stressed. Like when do I ever talk about like things that I'm stressed about with you or anything like that? And he was like, Joelle, you get up at four in the morning you were training fasted, you're on your feet all day teaching health and PE. Then you come home and you're doing client work and running another business. Right. Like, he started listing all these things. And I was like, yeah, but that's not stressful to me. And he was like, mm. but it's stressful to your body. Yeah. You know, on top of my own training, on top of never wanting to rest from the gym, on yep. top of never like pulling myself out of a deficit and always needing to be lean and always needing to be photo shoot ready and all of that. And I was like, dang, I did this to myself. Yeah. Um, So that, that came with its own, you know, hard realization of like, man, what have I been doing to myself? And like the guilt and shame that comes with that. Um, And so long story short, really started to work on my gut and gut health 
hormone health journey. Um, main goal was getting my cycles back. And so um, I did start working with an integrative practitioner because I really was not getting the help that I wanted from like typical doctors and OBs. Same. So I kind of went the more functional route, started working with an integrative practitioner who was absolutely amazing. I, I sent her my blood work and she was like, I bet this is a symptom. This is a symptom. This is a symptom. This is a symptom. Of that uh-huh. And I was like, I felt so heard, you know, so, yes. so validated. Yep. And so she set me up on a few different, you know, gut and hormone protocols. Um, and that stuff helped for sure. Um, and then I continued to take myself through a very long reverse diet where mm-hmm. I was bringing calories up intentionally, bringing uh, cardio and training down intentionally, which again, was really, really hard in terms of like my identity, right? So much of my identity was in uh, my exercise routine and the way that I ate and my abs and the way that I looked. And so um, readjusting all of that, especially, I hate to say like publicly, but with a bit of a following, right? harder, right? Because here was this health professional that was like, gaining all this weight, didn't have her periods, like doesn't look that healthy now. Um, and I'm also trying to run a fitness coaching business. Mm-hmm. Um, so that came with its other, you know, mental and emotional struggles for sure. Um, but eventually after 18 months, right? A year, wow. and a, a year and a half of being like all in on this working to get my menstrual cycles back. First one finally came back. Um, about a month and a half later, the next one came about a month later, the next one came. And after about three irregular ones, they started to regulate. And then they were 28 days, like on the dock, 27 wow. days on the dock. Um, and so I wanted to be close to a year of cycles. And I wanted to see new blood work before we even thought about trying to get pregnant. I was yeah. like, I know if my progesterone's too low, I'm at a higher risk for miscarriage. I just got my cycles back. I don't want to like immediately try to get pregnant. Like I want my body to be in a good place, a healthy place, all of that before we even try. So I think I was maybe 10, 10 ish cycles in 10 regular cycles in. And then I I said, I'm going to get some new lab work done. And I'm going to compare that to um, my initial lab work from when I first got this diagnosis. And, um, things that were an issue at the, at the time when, when I got diagnosed with my testosterone was super, super high. And my estrogen and progesterone were astronomically low, like post-menopausal low. Wow. Um, Wouldn't have been able to, you know, likely conceive at that time was not ovulating any of that. So now I'm ovulating. Let me look at my new blood work. Testosterone was in normal range. Estrogen was in a good place. And my progesterone was through the roof. And I was wow. like, wow, progesterone is like baby making juice. Yes. You know, it was like amazing. So, so exciting. It felt so validating because of it was a really hard journey. You know, yeah. I, I, my world was without a doubt flipped upside down. And in my approach to everything, the way I ate, the way I slept, the way I trained, um, went against the previous eight years, you know, mm-hmm. of how I did things. Um, so seeing that lab work was really validating for sure. Um, and so that, I think I got those labs back in November, um, wanted to finish out the year, December, 2020, everyone, I think wanted to put 2020 behind us Yes. <laughs> uh, and come January, we tried and got pregnant the first month of trying. Amazing. Uh, so that was really cool. Yeah. So got pregnant in January and now it's August and, uh, we got a, we got a little baby coming in September. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love it. And that's like, it's so, we just, we just, I feel like we, we were at the same age, like the same time of our lives. Like when that next level hits you and you're like, Oh wait, I can, I can advocate for myself to go get blood work from somebody else. Who's listening to every piece of my life. Like everything I do, my, my job, what I'm, I'm on my feet all day, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then they look at you and you're like, they're like, no wonder your cortisol is a little bit high and no wonder, like, you know, these things are plummeted and that's high. And, and I remember like, you just kind of think that you're like walking on water, like, okay, I'm going to try to get pregnant and it's going to happen. And the amount of people that not only I work with, but friends of mine that now all of a sudden are having so much trouble. And it's like, 
it's, 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 a. I just think it's something that is so good to be talked about and be like, you can go and find, and even if you want to mix a both, like I love, like I said, I love my PCP. She hears me, but I also was straight up like, Hey, I'm going to go to this functional doctor too, because I want X, Y, Z done. And she's like, and she's like, okay, you know what I mean? Like come to me for what you come to me for, go to the, go to the gynecologist for what you're going to her for. And then wrap it all up with all this blood work. Like, why not? Why can't I have three doctors helping me, you know? And so you took that into your own hands and I, and I love that, but I'd love to touch on, um, pregnancy and two things. One has the body changing brought up any old body image ways for you. I'm curious. Cause I feel like a lot of people in the fitness industry that then get pregnant are like, wow. Okay. I'm a little softer than I was. I'm, I'm not looking the same way. There's things that change, but I don't think people talk about it enough from what I see. Like, I'm just like, I want yeah. more people to talk about their body changing. Right. Yeah. So I think it, it's a great question. And had you asked me this Casey, you know, had I gotten pregnant a year or two ago, I can assure you my answer would have been entirely different. And I think that, uh, the hormone journey specifically made me have a newfound uh, love and appreciation for the level of love and respect that I needed to show my body that I uh, wasn't showing it in all those previous years. And so, you know, forcing myself to gain weight so that I could get my periods back um, and putting my health before my aesthetics, you know, for, for a few years, that really forced me, um, I think, to be in a much a uh, better position in terms of body image because I was able to um, really understand that there are periods of life where your health has to be ha- has to come before your aesthetics. And mm. I'm not a competitive bodybuilder. I don't need to be shredded all the time, but I do need to be healthy. I do need to be able to have a menstrual cycle. I do need to be able to start a family with my kid, you know, with my husband. And um, and so that journey without that hormone journey, I think I really, really would have struggled with body image during pregnancy. Mm. Um, and I, I also think because, because it took so much longer to get my cycles back than I thought, um, that meant pushing back the time in which we thought we were going to start a family. And so by time I did get pregnant, I was just so dang grateful um, that I really was not nervous at all about my body changing. And I I don't think that's the standard in the fitness industry. I'll I'll be super upfront about that. I've had a lot of people, I mean, every time I put up a Q and a box, a question box or something, people are like, how do you deal with like your belly growing and your body changing? And I'm just like, man, I wanted this for so long um, that it, it just doesn't cross my mind as like, oh, how disgusting now that my body's gross. Like I'm like, holy shit, I'm growing a human. Like how cool is that? Like this, this kid in my belly is half me, half my husband. Like that's so cool. Amazing. Just, I've always been so fascinated by pregnancy and I've always been that person that like loved pregnant bellies and like, couldn't wait to have my own pregnant belly. And when I got pregnant, I was, I couldn't wait to have the belly. And, you know, I remember thinking at 12 weeks, like imagine when I'm 20 weeks, what my belly will look like. And imagine mm-hmm. when I'm 30 weeks, what my belly will look like. And like, now she's, she's here. All right. <laughs> um, the, the belly is here, but ooh, Jesus. <laughs> Don't it. knock your smoothie over. <laughs> yeah, no, my gosh. Um, but, I, but I love the belly and I love yeah. the changing and are there things associated with my body changing that aren't my favorite like yeah sure there I I definitely have more cellulite during pregnancy have I had to gain some body fat with pregnancy yeah that's supposed to happen um do my clothes like not fit yeah there's a human growing inside of me so like yeah there are there are body changes that aren't your favorite part um but to me just like the the benefits and the pros so outweigh the cons that I've just, I've just embraced it. And I honestly feel, and it sounds so crazy. I was talking about this with my husband the other day, but I feel so much more body confident and appreciative of my body than I have in my entire life. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think that's because yes, my body is growing and changing and looks different. But for the first time, I love how my body looks sheerly out of appreciation for it. Yes. I just have such a different level of, of self-love and self-appreciation for like how hard I work to get to this point. And now my body's doing the damn thing. And like, I didn't Mm -hmm. know if it would be able to after these years of hormone struggles. And so I think just because I have this level of appreciation now, um, I can appreciate what my body looks like during this, during this time. Well, I think obviously I've never been pregnant, but I think also what it sounds like is now it's the appreciation of like what our body can do. Right. And for so long, I think it's been such, I think for me and what did it look like? What what did it look like? like? And now it's like, look what it can do. This is so cool. And it's amazing. And that, and that's what we want for our clients. Like we want that switch to happen, even whether it's pregnancy, whether it's getting stronger, whether it's lifting more and being like, or like, I love, I always use my clients, Marge and Stan as examples, but they have like, they literally get stronger and they're like, oh my God, I just went on a bike ride with my grandkids over the weekend. And I was able to lift them up and put them on the bike and then pick the bikes up and put them in the truck. And then put, and I'm like, Whoa, that's exactly what we want. You yeah. know, like that's freaking life and stuff. Thinking about like, how your belly looked when you were picking up your grandkids and throwing them around. No. Yes. And so I love that. And so, and then this might be our last part and then, oh my God, we could talk forever, but I'd love, I have yet on here to talk about a little bit. I think with Allie, we talked a little bit about pregnancy workouts, but I'd love to just talk like for the gym, like what has changed for you or what has what has workouts felt like, look like, maybe throw in a common myth that everyone thinks of like, oh, yeah. pregnant women are delicate. They can't lift anything. Like, I'd love to just talk yeah. about that. Sure. So, so a few things. One, um, pregnancy and exercise are going to, are going to look different on everyone. Um, I will say in my own experience, each trimester, my pregnancy and exercise routine has looked different. First trimester, I was really, really sick. Um, a lot of throwing up, a lot of nausea, a lot of like, if I can get to the gym once or twice a week, it's a miracle. Um, I was really, really sick. So first trimester was a lot of like allowing myself grace to just like sleep and be tired and be fatigued and throw up a lot and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, get down what I could in terms of food and work out when I could and when it felt good. Um, second trimester came and around, around 15 weeks, um, that nausea broke a little bit more and I started getting back into the gym twice a week, then three times a week, and then back up to four days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, so all second trimester, I felt really good, really pretty normal actually. Um, And, uh, you know, for the most part was working out four days a week. And so, um, that felt really good. Um, in terms of modifications, um, there's not a whole lot of exercise specific modifications. Mostly what you're modifying is just, there are definitely inconsistencies during pregnancy where like some days you feel really good and really strong. And some days you don't feel really good and you don't feel super strong. Or some days you have a little bit of pelvic pain. Other days you might not have any pelvic pain. Some Mm -hmm. days squats feel really good. Other days, like your balance feels really off as your belly is growing, you know, and, and squats don't feel good that day. So it just became a lot of, Hey, let's just go in with the plan of moving your body and doing what feels good that day, instead of like trying to hit a PR, trying to do max squatting, um, yeah. to go in with such a specific plan and then leave disappointed when it didn't go how I wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say just kind of allowing yourself a little bit of grace and doing what feels best for you that day. There are times where I've gone to the gym with every intention to lift and I start walking on a treadmill and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to walk today. Like my body. Yeah really tired. I'm not going to lift. I'm just going to walk and I'll go hit the mat and do some stretching. Mm-hmm. And, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and I think again, in previous years, I would have beat myself up over that, or I never would have made that choice. Um, and now I have that level of like respect and appreciation for myself and my body and what it's doing that I can make those calls. Yeah. Um, now I'm 32 weeks tomorrow. As I started getting closer to 30, like when I started getting to like 29, 30, 
um, my workouts, uh, my fatigue shifted again. Like as I started to, to get more in this home stretch, um, my fatigue has shifted. My body feels a little bit more achy. So again, it's kind of readjusting to just how I'm feeling, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. Um, you know, sometimes certain exercises that you've been doing all along, um, just don't feel good one day and you're mm -hmm. like, okay, I guess we're going to sub that out for something else. Right. Um, and that's okay. Like that is perfectly fine. Give yourself permission to do that and to change things if you don't feel good. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit different now. Mostly the modifications come along with, um, obviously anything that puts you, uh, belly down um, is kind of a compromised position so yeah. I never thought that I would miss a lion hamstring curl so much yeah I miss a lion hamstring curl because I can't lay on my belly yeah um, and I really miss barbell hip thrust because I I just no one has told me not to do them but right I mean I I would be hip thrusting over 300 pounds and I don't really feel like there should be a barbell sitting on my uterus just, right I, right <laughs> Feels, feels like common sense. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So I haven't done things like hip thrusts or something that's a, a belly down exercise, like a lying hamstring curl. Um, but the only other difference that I would urge women to be really conscious of, um, is your core engagement and your pelvic floor health. Um, this is a topic that I'm, I'm seeing get talked about more on social now, luckily. Um, but uh, this was something that when I got pregnant, I, I, I knew I should know about and that I needed to learn more about, but really didn't know much about it. Yeah. Um, and so when I go into a gym now, it's not like I, I can't just like hold my breath and brace my core for a squat the way I used to. It's a much different bracing practice now. We're really wanting to lift the pelvic floor, focus on engaging our TVA, our transverse abdominis, um, so that we can limit uh, the separation that's happening at our linea alba, our midline, that causes, right, this diasta dia diastasis recti, uh, which is inevitable during pregnancy, right? It's the separation sort of of our abs. Um, but we want to keep it as minimal as possible. We want to keep the core connected to our breath. We want to keep the core connected to our pelvic floor. Um, and so I started working with a pelvic floor physical therapist during my pregnancy because I was like, this is a realm I just don't really know. Yeah. So I do actually have two IGTV episodes up um, with my pelvic floor therapist, if anyone wants to tune into those. Awesome. Kind of where to start with pelvic floor work, mm -hmm. activating your TVA. Um, and so it's still something I'm very much learning about. Um, but that's, that's one of the biggest shifts in the gym. Just you're kind of relearning how to breathe and how to activate your core mm -hmm. in a way that's safe for pregnancy. Yeah. I'm just writing that down. Cause I'll try to yeah. link them in the show notes for yeah, people. For sure. Cause that's like, so, cause I've had people too ask me, like, do you work with pregnant women and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I really, that is such a world that I think should not only be more on like your personal trainer certificate test to begin with, like that should be something that yeah, we're talking well, about. Yeah. yeah. But also for myself, like not only hopefully for myself one day, but also for people that I'm training that I've been with when they've been going through pregnancy and they are scared like right away. Like they're very much like, and everyone's story is so different, but it's like that initial fear of, I'm pregnant now. What changes? What do I do? Like, I'm afraid to lift something too heavy. And, yeah. and I, and I like reassure them like, Hey, like from what I know and what I've researched, like you're cool. Like make sure you talk with your doctor. And some of them have other things going on that they can't do X, Y, Z. And that's totally fine. But that's, it comes back to being true to yourself, you know? And, and honestly, there is a, 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 there still are so many misconceptions depending on your doctor. Um, I mean, I switched actually to a different doctor during about halfway through my pregnancy. I was seeing an OBGYN and about halfway through, I switched to a midwife um, because I was finding my previous doctor was very, very old school in his ways of thinking about pregnancy and what's safe. And I was like, why am I more up to speed on like the guidelines for nutrition and exercise than my own doctor is yeah. for pregnancy? Um, and so I ended up switching, you know, doctors. He was very like, don't exercise, no exercise. And I remember saying to, he goes, he said, I'll never forget. He said, you could do some like light elliptical work if you want, but you know, nothing, no like squatting or anything like that. And I literally said to him, what's wrong with squats? Yeah. And he turned to me and said, are you going to be one of those difficult clients? 
and I switched doctors. I was like, and I, okay, and I'd be out. You can't give me a reason why squats are not okay for me. And you're going to tell me your, your default, instead of saying, you know, I really don't have a great reason for you was, oh, you're going to be difficult. Bye. Bye. And yeah. it's so annoying. Cause what he's doing to his other patients yeah. Like right. that's what pisses me and off. And so now we know, like, right. So there's something called the ACOG, the American Council of uh, of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. And so the ACOG guidelines say regular physical activity is safe to start or co- to continue during pregnancy. You know, it used to be that they didn't want you to start exercising for the first time during pregnancy. Um, but if you were already an exerciser, you could continue. Now they say, no, 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 you could start exercising too. There's a really, there's a lot of great benefits to exercising. Um, you know, it used to be that they thought exercise would lead to miscarriage or lead to low birth weight or preterm labor. And all of that has been disproven. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as you are, and of course, talk to your doctor, doctors, but if you're listening, as long as you are um, a low risk pregnancy, you have an uncomplicated pregnancy, exercise is very much encouraged by this council um, before, during, and after labor. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually see that uh, it can be really beneficial for pregnancy, obviously really beneficial for mom in terms of um, you know blood sugar, cholesterol, heart health, things like that. Um, we know that you know strength training and working out it's going to strengthen our muscles. Well, you're carrying a child. You're, you know, if you're not strengthening those muscles, your body's going to hurt. You know, yeah. when you think about your back, if you're strengthening your back, it's countering, you know, the, the weight that's falling on, on front of you. Um, and we've seen, and what the ACOG has put out, I've made a post on this as well, is that we actually see decreased incidences of preterm labor, um, decreased incidences of low birth weights, premature babies, um, lower incidence of preeclampsia, um, lower incidence of gestational diabetes in women that exercise during pregnancy. So we know that there are actually a lot of really, really great benefits um, to exercise and, um, and pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would very much encourage it. You know, there's a lot of symptoms that happen during pregnancy with your body shifting, um, sleep suffering, more constipation is a, a common symptom. And we know that exercise helps with a lot of that. Exercise helps us be more regular. Exercise can help with weight control. Exercise can help with, you get so out of breath when you're pregnant. Exercise can help with that. It can help with your sleep. So I very, very much you know, encourage people to exercise during pregnancy again you know, always, always clear it with your doctor. Obviously I don't know everyone's medical history as they're listening to this, Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it, it has been now shown to be safe and, um, effective and, um, you know, that there's, there's really not many contraindications in terms of someone that has a healthy, low risk pregnancy. Yeah. And that's amazing. Thank you for sharing all of that because I feel like it's been something I've wanted to bring up on the podcast, but I want, you know, I want someone who's like going through it or have gone through it to like talk about it and be like, Hey, like, here's my story. Obviously people can relate to it. I'm sure that are listening, but Oh my gosh. Oh, I could talk to you forever. I knew this would happen. People have to come back. It's like two hours. We're going to do it. This is going to be two parts, but (laughs) here's my last question for you. And then obviously we'll make this happen again, or just in real life. Like let's just FaceTime each other and talk, but, um, you, I'd love, so now that like, I kind of knew your story, but obviously I didn't know all of it. So it's like, now that I've like heard it all, we come full circle. You're about to give birth, be a mom. Like, it's just so amazing. But I'd love like I always like to think, especially for myself too, like go, like looking back at our lives and looking back at younger versions of ourselves and telling us, like telling our younger self something. Like I'd love to know for your whole journey now of like about to become a mom, everything you've been through with your body and food and your relationships and your story. I just want to know, like, what would you tell younger Joelle as like at a time where you felt the lowest, like what would, what would you say to yourself? Oh, okay. So two things. So I think one would be, uh, remember that you're never too good to learn more. Like there is always more to learn. I think that's a really, really big one. Um, and the other thing is that remember that the hard chapters are temporary. Like they, mm. they're not going to last forever. You know, we both had really hard chapters of, of our fitness journeys and, 
um, you know, the, the roller coaster of the ups and downs that are involved. But I think when you're in the darker chapters, it's so hard to feel like it's going to end and that you're going to be happy again and you're going to be healthy again. And um, I just think it's so important to remember that this is temporary. And that was like an affirmation that I would tell myself all the time in those hard chapters. It's just like, this is temporary. You just have to do this now and it's going to pay off. Like, I believe it will pay off. I believe it's going to be better in the future. I just have to like bite the bullet right now and remember that this is temporary. Um, and it's what we tell our clients too. Like, I, I know you might not like the reverse dieting phase to get your period back, but it's temporary. Mm -hmm. Once we have it back, you'll be so glad you did this. Yeah. Um, so remember that the hard chapters are temporary um, and don't stop learning because you're never too good to learn more and you will learn more whether you yeah. like it or not. <laughs> yes. I love that. Especially from two former teachers. It's like, always be a student. I'm always yeah, a student. Always I never know awesome. everything. Oh my gosh. So where can people find you? Obviously I'll link everything below, but where can people find you if they want to be on your, if they want to be a member of your team and be on, be yeah. have people coach them, like give me your rundown. Sure. Absolutely. So I'm definitely most present on the gram, not cool enough for like the TikTok kids. Um, so mostly on Instagram, um, you can find me at Joelle Samantha. I'm sure Casey will link that for you. Um, our coaching uh, Instagram is at level 10 coaching, um, T-E-N, not the number. Same thing with uh, our website, level10coaching.co, not com. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so please like reach out, ask any questions. I love to hear from anyone that did listen in. So please if you did listen in and any of this resonated with you any of my two hours of rambling um, <laughs> resonated with you we love it out, like shoot me a message say hey I heard it or like hey it sucked just let me know either way I'd love to connect with you guys um but yeah Casey thank you so much for having me it was so nice to catch up and just like get up to speed on everything I know my god thank you so much for coming on so I'll end this and then we'll debrief onto the side yeah, sure. Thanks guys so much for joining. This will definitely be a two-part series. So if you're at the end of the second part, thank you for hanging out with us. You just learned a shit ton from Joelle and we're so excited for your next step. We'll have to have you on after you've had your lovely child and what that looks like for you and your fitness journey. I think people yeah. would like, now they're invested in your story. So they're going to have to, we're going to have a part three coming yeah. up. I, yeah. I feel it. You'll have it. to follow. You'll have to go follow yes. on Instagram. Go follow. <laughs> go follow. Subscribe yes. to the podcast. And you I, yes. Thank you. <laughs> I'll make sure I link everything for Joelle below. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.